Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Caramed and Proven Investments Limited. My name is Keisha Hill and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Renee Harris is giving back to her community of Pusey District, Point Hill in St. Catherine. In her early years, she grew up with her grandparents who instilled the importance of reading. In their memory, she has built a library to help in the early development of literacy for children in her community. Renee, thank you for joining us on Impacting Jamaica. Thank you so much for having me, Keisha. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, we all were very excited to find out from you what was life like growing up in rural St. Catherine with your grandparents? Okay, and I'm excited to tell um, what a beautiful life this was. You know, I can truly say that that period of my life, like it was, I would consider it the most wonderful time of my life, okay? It's also the most blissful time. Growing up with my grandparents um, kind of afforded me like an, a kind of authentic and organic life. You know, my environment, Keisha, was carefree. It was safe. It was protected. And I pretty much lived daily, like with this utmost feeling of belonging, knowing that I was loved and that I was cherished, you know, even after my grandmother would give me a lashing, which was <laughs> like the order of the day for her. So point at the time when I grew up, boasted nothing refined, I would say, like no electricity, there was no running water. Getting to school daily was two miles trek to and two miles trekking back. Television was not around. I believe um, maybe two neighbors had televisions, but they were run like on a generator because of course there was no electricity. Um, my daily chores before school and after school involved like carrying water from the spring, like making purchases at, at local shops. Of course, my grandmother warning me like not to skylark on my way to and from shop. It involved like rake in the yard. And I remember my yard to be a, a beautiful space. Like it was such a beautiful space. Some days I would accompany my grandmother like to the river where we would wash clothes. I would get a chance to play around in the water like catching tadpoles and of course like, you know, just swimming around. I was surrounded by fruit trees, mangoes, bananas, grapefruit, jackfruit, guava, you name it. You know, we had animals like donkeys and goats, and I had my part in taking care of them. I had my own chicken, you know, and therefore, like, I had my own eggs. So, you know, I would help out, like, just taking care of things in the yard. My grandfather, like, he spent a lot of time reading, mostly like his Bible, and that he read aloud. And sometimes, you know, with my grandmother, like, he'd offer, like, summon me, like, to read. And of course, like with much expectation, like he expected me to read with clarity, you know? So that's like my daily life. Like I lived in Jamaica with my grandparents. You live the typical country life, you know? 
as you mentioned, yes. carefree and fresh air and a lot of exercise. Yes, lots and lots. <laughs> All right. So you just mentioned that your grandfather, he liked to read the Bible. Uh, tell us about your grandparents, what kind of people they were, uh, you know, what were their names and were they originally from that community? Like my grandparents were just wonderful people. They were kind and generous individuals, you know, they loved each other. And that love, like I saw that as a child, they were never like unkind to one another. And I noticed one thing growing up, like they never raised their voice at each other. I'm sure at times they might have had arguments, but I, we, I never heard it, okay? So my grandfather, he was a farmer. He farmed like mostly cane and that he sold like to the Worthy Park um, estates, the cane um, industry there in Worthy Park. Mm -hmm. And for the rest, like he farmed like ground provision, bananas, you know, yam, and just general food items. But above all, like my grandfather, he was like a gentleman and he was a fine husband. My grandmother, she was a housemaker. And then together, like they raised like um, ch seven children of their own. So they are from that community. And their names, beautiful names. My grandmother's name was Lucille Pinnock and my grandfather, Bertram Pinnock. Okay, so, they, so both, both of them were originally from that community. Yes, they were. Uh, all right, and you seem to be uh, very fond of your grandmother. Um, why is this so? Well, yes, indeed, I'm fond of my grandmother. And I can say that she, uh, I guess I can say truly that I was one of her favorites, if not her favorite, okay? So um, I think um, my grandmother, you know, like I often think of her as a today's like phenomenal woman. That's what I think of when I think of my grandmother. I always had like this strong emotional connection with her. I can't say for sure like when it started, but in a way I feel like it started at birth. Cause you see Keisha, like my grandmother, she was a midwife, the unofficial midwife of the oh. community. Yes. She was the first to cradle me because she was my midwife. And I, you know, I always felt like her deep love. It was, her love for me like was never shaded. So I felt that. So, so she, she brought you forth into this world. <laughs> yes, she did. She was the first one who cradled me. She was the first one who, like, I felt her touch, you know, so. All right. So this is getting very interesting now because you are so fond of your grandparents and you mentioned reading earlier. Now, we want to find out why was reading such a fundamental part of growing up? And this has something to do with your grandmother. What was it? Okay, so in, in, in retrospect, Keisha, when I think, like, I believe my grandparents, like, they understood the value of reading, okay? So at first glance, like, it seemed like they were just normal people, but, like, with their fundamental value, like, they have, like, a certain level of, of astuteness that it did not match my grandmother's illiteracy, I should say, or inability to read. My grandmother could not read. And my grandfather only went to school up to third class. That's what they called it. So he only had a third class education, but yet my grandfather read well. And my grandfather, like he often reminded me to read and read with understanding. That was his favorite thing to say to me. 
-hmm. In addition, like my grandmother, yeah. she, my mother actually left me like in the capable hands of my grandmother to pursue work. So I felt like my grandparents knew that they had a responsibility to ensure that I succeed. What, what were some of the books that you read uh, while you were living with your grandparents apart from the Bible? Listen, Those that you liked, you know? Well, I, my mother ensured that my older sister, she had these Nancy Dew series and then they would always pass down to me. The Harder Boys, the Nancy Dew, like the whole series. So my mother would, my sister would pass them on to me. So I had those to read. In addition to that, it, I like to talk about this because you know, when the Jehovah Witness people would pass by, you know, to visit, right. my grandfather never turned them away. He always engaged them. They're always leaving the magazines. So those magazines I read as well whether it was like old newspapers, just anything pretty much that came, I read. And of course my school books that I use, like I would read them over and over and over again. Because okay. like I said, there was no television, you know, it was about reading. Okay, was the Bobsy Twins a part of that group? Oh yes, and the Bobsy Twins too. So that was the era. <laughs> Those came from my sister. Of Nancy Dew, Hardy Boys, Bobsy Twins. Yes, we all had yes. that time, right? Yes. Okay, so now that we're talking about your grandparents, you're going to talk a little bit about some of the values that they instilled in you that are still relevant today. Okay, and you know, for each day, I count a blessing for all those values that my grandparents really, truly, during my developmental years, instilled in me. You know, um, I think kindness, generosity, <laughs> like truth, reliability, like commitment, like the way I'm organized, like my organiza organizational skills, those come straight from my grandparents. Like my motivation, like I'm self-motivated, you know, like I'm a leader, like I respect myself and I respect others. I'm aware, like all of those things and our values that I got like from my grandparents because they lived it every day. So I emulated them from quite early. And as you know, like those early developmental years are critical to the outcome of an individual. So, you know, I can say that the love and trust and just awareness and all, it all came from, those are values that came from my grandparents. All right, and so you've, you've turned these values into developing yourself over the years. All right, so tell us what schools did you attend and what is your occupation now? And I hope it has something to do with literacy. Okay, so I, after leaving my grandparents, I went on to St. Jago High School. So that was, yeah, St. Jago. You so went from to St. Jago High on Monk Street. On Monk Street, yes. That's, you know, that's very nice school. Yes, so I'm very proud to say like I attended St. Jago. I, when I left St. Jago, like I did work for a few years as a receptionist. And then later on, I moved on to the University of Technology where I actually did hospitality and tourism. So that's where I did my, my bachelor's in hospitality and tourism. Mm -hmm. Later on, I moved on to the United States. I continued um, tourism and I did an MBA in hospitality as well. But you know, later on, I felt like I needed to do something more something that would not just for myself, but that I could use 
And therefore I went into psychology. So I did a master's as well in psychology. And now currently I work in the Department of Education in New York City. I'm in the Office of Food and Nutrition Service and I am a district supervisor here in New York City in the Office of Food and Nutrition Service. Okay, and, and now you understand the value of reading. You got a bachelor's, you have two masters, you are a supervisor. Yes. Now you understand why your grandfather was a stickler, right? Yes, I totally understand. And, um, you know, this is my reason for wanting to add to those values that my grandparents um, lent to me, you know, for children coming on. All right. So we're having a very good discussion with Renee Harris. She is giving back to her community of Pusey District, Point Hill in St. Catherine. We're going to take a break now to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpoint Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpoint Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. We want to help you mark every milestone, celebrate the joy of living. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. John John, I know you in there. I want to when lights are come back. I know Pinky this time. Akeisha. Keisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things there. So you can't stop, knock me door. What you DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for ask. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info. Welcome back to Impact in Jamaica. We are speaking with Renee Harris and she is telling us about her upbringing in the community of Pusey District, Point Hill in St. Catherine to her now role in New York in the education system there. And uh, we want to thank Miss Harris, she says we're to call her Renee, for <laughs> staying with us on Impact in Jamaica. Thank you so much, Keisha. All right. So tell us about the library project currently underway in your former community. And why, when was it started and what are the main objectives for this project? So I'm really excited to talk about um, the library project, which I've named Pinox Oasis in honor of my grandparents, of course. So I, I have a love, so I've traveled a lot and I've been to many wonderful places, but my favorite place on earth, as everyone, my family and friends, they know, it's right there in Point Hill. I could spend like many days on vacation by myself in Point Hill and I'm at home. So I wanted to ensure that, uh, you know, I did something for kids because they're always coming to visit me when I'm there. I came up with the idea of starting this project in 2018. And this was because I saw 
some loose books at a meeting I was in a particular school, like here in New York. And I asked about, you know, what are those books being used for? And they said that they were just, you could take them, anyone could take them. So I actually collected that box of books. And then um, just going forward, I decided that, you know something, I think I can build a library. And so I just got the foundation started right there in the summer of 2018. And from there, I kept building, you know, with the help of my cousin, who is like a brother to me in Jamaica. So he was like the ground man in Jamaica, ensuring that everything was done. Of course, this was slowed during COVID, but we kept going. And finally, the building is finished and we're ready to open officially. I got Pinox Oasis uh, registered as a nonprofit organization. So everything is done and we're ready to start officially. What, what's the size of the library and what are some of the books that the children in the community will have access to? Yes, so it is a small, um, we have like two, I'm not sure of the um, exact dimension, but huge rooms. We have two huge rooms, okay, with a bathroom and um, so it's a lot of space, but as dimension, I'm not sure exactly what the dimensions are. Right. Concerning the books, we have books from all discipline, because once it was known in the different schools in the Department of Education that I was was collecting books, like I start getting calls from principals who had books that they were otherwise they otherwise would have thrown out. So I collected books. So I have everything like workbooks from every discipline that you could imagine. I have in that library. As a matter of fact, I do believe that over maybe to 20 barrels, those blue barrels that I shipped to Jamaica, mm -hmm. like I could start a second library. I have that many books. All right. And the students in Pusey, yeah, the Pusey district, uh, yes. if they are, the library will operate as a library, a regular library where they just borrow the books and return them. Yes, they would borrow the books, but I mean, maybe I should talk a little bit about the objectives because that's not the main goal, just to borrow the book. The uh -huh. book yes, so the main objectives of Pinox Oasis is like one is to like enhance the natural abilities and personal development of young children by teaching them life skills so that they are better prepared to compete with their counterparts like locally and internationally. Okay, another important objective is to further develop the intellectual and the mental capacity and the curiosity of young children by making available to them a wide range of books and other learning material with the aid of qualified teacher. And this, um, the intention is to lead them to the desire of embarking on a path to higher education. I wanted to talk about the aid of a qualified teacher because it's not gonna be where they just go to the library and mm -hmm. uh, you know, borrow a book, but rather they're gonna be spending time like with qualified teacher or teachers to ensure that you know, they're getting um, some sort of help to promote like reading and development. All right. So basically it is a holistic development for the students in the community, not just borrowing books and reading, but helping with literacy. Absolutely, because what the hope is to promote an environment that is conducive to learning and the early development of children, offering them like, you know, some sort of systematic approach that will increase their chances for success. So yes, it is that they have the books, 
in addition to books, like I've been getting donation of computers, but my focus is on like reading as well. You know, I want children to develop that, you know, love for reading like I did. I want it to become like a natural thing for them. So instead of maybe sitting there on their iPhones or, you know, on their tablets or, you know, like they know how to do that, but many kids do not spend time, quality time to read and I want them to adapt that. So that's the goal. All right, so with the thought of putting together this, I would classify it as a literacy program for the students. And you mentioned about, you know, the number of books, 20 barrels. Uh, <laughs> how, otherwise, how is it funded? Because you have to get these books shipped to Jamaica. You have to get the building set up. As you said, it's now completed. So yeah. how have you sourced funding to get these projects underway? Listen, I like to say to family and close friends, like I have never in my life spent money that I felt so good about spending. Okay, so this was self-funded. I did this with my own money from start to finish. You know, like every barrel that was sent, every block that was bought, whatever was done, I used my money. So it was all my fund that I used. I did everything with my money and it's been money well spent, I must say. So I wanted to ensure that the project was completed and that it was done. And I'm glad that I was in a position to do so. But, you know, it has been registered as a nonprofit. So whatever the benefits of a nonprofit, you know, future shipping of books, I believe, you know, then maybe I could get some assistance there through the nonprofit. Okay, so this really is a project from the heart. I'm sure Mr. and Mrs. Pinock, yes. <laughs> Lucille and Bertram will be quite happy that their granddaughter is giving back in such a meaningful way to the community of Pusey District. They would be smiling. I could see my grandfather's face right now. Like I could see their faces, you know, in every, every, in everything that I did. You know, like, I know, I know, yeah, they would be, but you know something, they are the ones actually who, in a way, like they did this, like they prepared me, like in that sort of way, to care and to be given. So you should give, that's life, you know, it is, you know, the saying about better to give than to receive, it's really true. And it feels good. <laughs> All right, so what are the plans that are currently in place for the grand opening and when is it going to be open? Okay, so the plans are in place like um, I mentioned my cousin who is, you know, working with me on this project and everything is in place like I've shipped whatever I needed to ship down and I'm going down, you know, the end of uh, July to pretty much get it going. So the opening will be on the 29th of July mm -hmm. between um, 5 to 7 p.m. So we expect it to be nice opening for the district and to get kids involved and just, there will be surprises, you know? <laughs> there will be nice surprises. Nice surprises for the children and for the community. Yes. Uh, well, Renee, this is really a very good project. Um, thinking about the fact that with the advent of technology, many persons now resort to using devices to read. But, you know, 
you can tell us why it is important to continue to have reading in on paper yes you know i once read like when you read like you can be anyone and you can go anywhere you can transform yourself into like a king you can live in a palace you can travel to like the most beautiful part of the earth without any fatigue or you know financial burden because you know when i read like i usually immerse myself even as a child into into the story so it's like you are a player there in the story and you know you think you're able to use your mind and to just like go places so and it gives you like an opportunity to plan like for your future life and to see that there are things that you can do maybe things that you never imagined or things you never knew about so reading you know yes it's the iphone and technology and all of that it's really good but reading stands the test of time all right and and on that note we are at the end of our podcast session and renee has been telling us so much about the importance of reading but not only that the importance of having the support of your parents and your grandparents in initiating reading and also ensuring that you participate in meaningful activities that will be beneficial to you as an adult. Renee, thank you so much for joining us on Impacting Jamaica. And we wish you all the best at the grand opening of Pinox Oasis. And this will be in Pusey District, Point Hill, in St. Catherine. Is there a landmark? You know, not many persons know <laughs> where well, the district uh, is. Okay, I'll be putting signs, but for all who are coming up, you know, coming from uh, Spanish Town and, you know, you come up to Dovecott, you just keep going. You can just ask where's Point till you keep going. And once you get to like some point, you will see, we'll put signs like um, leading you to the opening of Pinox Oasis. But just do the country style and just ask where is Pusey, you know? If you were to, uh, to visit, it would sound as if, you know, when you're going into a country area and you stop and ask, you know, where is Pusey District? There's a just around the corner. That's it, and yes. <laughs> you go you're around not... the corner and you're driving forever and you say, hold on, but we're going around so many corners. Why are we not? I know because our destinations. I hope it's not one of those around no, the It's um, not. It's <laughs> not. It's not. But actually, it takes like an hour, like out of Spanish Town, to get to Point Hills, Pusey. So it's um, it's not. It's well known actually, you know. And if you're coming from Luidas Vale and Linstead End, like it's just as easy. But you'll have to ask. There is no special landmark, I must say, you know. But um, people know. So we have to go do the old style Jamaican way, okay? Around the corner. <laughs> Around the corner, yes. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Renee. And uh... thank you, Keisha. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email 
to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.